and welcome to Chloe Jack's Nursing Journey Podcast. I'm Chloe Jack, student nurse at Robert Gordon University, studying the Dual Honours Nursing Programme in Children and Young People and Adult Nursing. I'm really excited to welcome Jill Will to the podcast today. Before we get started, here's some facts about Jill. Jill is an adult lecturer at Robert Gordon University. She specialises within care home nursing and registered in 2012. Welcome Jill, thank you for joining me today. It's really great to have you on the podcast. So Jill, where did your nursing journey start? Thank you very much for having me, Chloe. Um, it's been great to see the podcast over the last uh, couple of years and hearing all these different guests. My nursing journey started in RGU back in 2008, where I did my pre-reg qualification. I did the four years honours degree for adult nursing. From there, I went on to work as an assistant manager initially when I qualified. So it was a bit of a different different path, I suppose you could say. So I qualified in 2012 and at that point there were very few spaces available within the NHS for newly qualified nurses, certainly locally, but even nationally. So many of my cohort went down to England to get jobs as well. There was an opportunity came up for an assistant care home manager post, which I went for. It was a very long interview. I think I was in there for about two hours, but absolutely thoroughly enjoyed it actually. And I had opportunity to do an activity with residents. And I think just felt very at home and very welcome and in a space and place that was quite comfortable for me. So that interview um, was successful and I started that on a part-time basis. At the same time, I worked in the bank with NHS Grampian in the community hospital. It was local to me at that point. So I picked up two or three shifts there a week as well. So it was a busy period of life. Um, and I was also doing my master's with RGU. So it was a master's in advanced in nursing practice, and that was an online distance learning route. So I was doing that some evenings, weekends, some days if I was working nights, just forever I could squeeze it in. From there, I went to work at Banff and Buckingham College, again, just on a part-time basis, doing some maternity cover and teaching across some of the health and social care courses there. It really helped me to kind of get into a space where I was I was used to doing induction for new members of staff. I'd obviously done my nursing degree, had lots of experience of working in social care whilst I was doing my training. So that was a really super experience for me and kind of really started me on my journey towards education. After I think just a year after I was qualified, I had been doing a bit of work helping in different care homes for the provider that I was um, employed by. And there was a post came up for a care home manager. So I took on to do that. It was on a temporary basis initially and kind of found my feet in one of the very well established care homes. And then from there was then transferred on a permanent basis to another care home with the provider. And that's where I spent most of my time in practice. 
I did my registered care home managers award and was also really fortunate to be able to work as an appropriate adult with the police during that time as well. Um, and was able to lead different pieces of work across our care home group, particularly for palliative and end of life care. So there's lots there prior to coming to RGU in 2016. Um, and I think I'll say a wee bit more about that later. Fantastic. Thank you, Jill. What an interesting journey you've had so far. And can you share what should nurses can expect from this specialism while on placement and why newly qualified nurses might consider working within this specialism in their first post? Yeah, of course. Um, to me, care homes are a fantastic place to learn. I wouldn't say that it's for everyone when you first qualify. Some people really want somewhere where there's lots of other nurses around them to kind of get some help and support and guidance and become established. Care homes tend to be nurse-led units. So you really have to be at the top of your game if you're going to be the nurse that's in charge for not just that area, but for the, the whole home. So it's not just about supporting the residents, as a care home nurse, you're also supporting the staff team um, and not, not even just supporting the, the social care staff, your healthcare support worker type roles. You're also supporting the catering staff, the domestic staff, the admin staff. So it's quite a responsibility. I think the care home the the care homes that I've worked in and knowing care homes beyond that, I would say that the most fulfilling part of being a care home nurse is in the relationships. That's certainly been my experience. So you're part of a fairly consistent staff team. You've got a resident group who don't tend to change a huge, huge amount in comparison to many of the acute clinical areas. So there's real opportunity to get to know people, to get to know their families. And for me, that's where I drew a huge sense of satisfaction in my job role. And with that, feeling like I was able to provide quality of care that I was really happy with. Um, knowing the, the the really intricate details of, of people and how they enjoy life, what makes them tick, what makes them light up, what makes them really happy, what helps them to have a good day. Seeing all that and being part of that was hugely fulfilling for me. So I think if that's the kind of thing that you've enjoyed whilst you're in placement, then I would say consider care homes. The other thing that the care homes um, have done for me was give me a real chance to establish myself as a leader and within a, a management role as well. Um, many clinical areas will have quite a number of nurses and a few kind of different levels of management. I would say for care homes, there's maybe a little bit less of that. Often you're working as the only nurse. So with that, you've got lots of different opportunities there. So I've mentioned bits about leading and developing policy, for example. 
that's not something I think I would have been able to do in some other roles but for me it was really harnessing some of the skills that I'd spent so much time developing on my course so being able to search out literature to be able to appraise it and to be able to apply that in practice but also to develop things to help the rest of the team who hadn't gone through a nursing course. So even things like uh, beginnings of a template, if we had a resident who had a confirmed urinary tract infection, what are some of the things that we'd want to have in a care plan specifically for that? So there would be things that would be very individual to the person, but rather than just saying, you know, try and keep their fluids up, help them to have a drink more often, also thinking if we're doing that, then we need to be helping them to nip to the loo a wee bit more often. We need to be giving them that opportunity. What else can we do in and around that, um, as well as all the medications and all the rest of it? So there was real opportunity, I think, there to, to develop things to really lead practice. There's the part around education that I've mentioned a wee bit already. So within the care home, it's quite common for some of the nursing team and maybe some of the assistant managers to be leading in some of the education side of things for new staff, but equally for established staff members as well. Again, I think that's something that our students are more and more prepared for as future practice supervisors. And I think there's some super opportunities in care homes as well, if that's something that you really enjoy doing. Care homes, just by their very nature, have got people who have very complex needs. So their needs might not be quite as acute as you might see in a hospital setting, but actually working with people who have got very complex physical and mental health needs and, and who really need that support in both those areas, who often have quite complex communication styles. That's something that takes a huge amount of skill and patience to do well. Sometimes I've heard an interview um, before people start in the course, they'll say, you know, well, maybe I don't want to be a children's nurse because I want to work with adults because I'll be able to talk to them and they'll be able to tell me what's wrong. For many of the adults in care homes, that might not always be the case. So it takes a huge amount of skill in getting to know the person and how they communicate, noticing the real subtleties when things change and being able to work with that and try and figure things out alongside the wider team. Um, so we, although we're primarily lone workers as nurses in care homes, we're very well connected to the community multidisciplinary teams and to the third sector as well. So some of the voluntary agencies who come alongside and support residents, the, the wider community as well is massive within care homes. Um, and that's something that I would really miss if I was working in an acute area. It just looks a wee bit different and they've got different purposes. So. For me, that's definitely something that I've learned from and really enjoyed in care homes. Um, the social aspect is huge for care homes. We're not visiting someone in a hospital. They're not in our space. We are guests and staff in their home. 
So care homes are so, so much about life, about enjoyment, about friendships, about connection, about um, activities, and not just, you know, we're going to sit and do bingo, but some things that you might not initially consider. So one of my um, probably wow moments from practice was a, a resident who had told us a bit about how they used to really enjoy swimming and we explored that and got them back swimming so it wasn't just right let's go to the pool and away you go it was all the steps along the way of going shopping for a swimming costume of going to visit the new pool of seeing the facilities having a chat with the lifeguards figuring out how we could get them into the pool to start with and um, and which staff were going to be best placed to support them that's lovely um, that's really lovely it's very, it's very much so, person-centered care that isn't it yeah 100 percent. so yes it was about them enjoying something but equally it was helping them with their mobility it was helping them to reduce their risk of falls it was giving them some interaction out with the care home um, I also remember one day, I think it was a maidie actually, so I probably should have been off, <laughs> um, but I hired a bike, um, I think they're very popular now, um, but I'd hired a bike where you could put a wheelchair um, on the front, so we were doing tours around the town mm -hmm. and just like that feeling and, and joy for the residents who'd previously used a bike at some point and that feeling of the wind in their face oh, and brilliant. you know some of them gave me some real cheek for my, <laughs> my get up they would have never have had light craft when they were on a bike they would have never <laughs> had high vis they would have never worn a helmet <laughs> so it a good giggle around that kind of thing um, but equally residents who very rarely spoke and just the joy and the excitement for them of that experience just I wish I could bottle it and keep it forever oh, <laughs> it amazing. was so so lovely um, so the, the social side of things is really amazing we used to do um, holiday at home okay. so a lot of the residents maybe weren't able for going away on holiday so we brought the holiday to them so we would have a cruise ship theme and we would go to lots of different countries over the course of a week so there would be different themes, different dress, different activities, different food. And it was just a really, really lighthearted week. Um, staff weren't in uniform. They were kind of dressed down um, for that week and dressed to the theme. Um, we had some amazing staff with some super craft skills that really involved residents in creating that and planning it. Um, and we would always have like a, a captain's ball on the final night and we had lots of relatives lots of family friends whoever was important to the person they all got a special invite and we dressed up and danced and just had the best of times and um, so that kind of thing i suppose is not normal <laughs> for a lot of nursing roles and it's not that you spend all your time doing that or drinking cups of tea <laughs> but it, it is an important part of life in a care home doing all those different things that, that help give people a goal that gives them an interest um, and it's something that they go on to to speak about for weeks afterwards as well 
I guess in terms of nursing skills, there's probably all the things that you might expect. Um, probably focused on prevention, but also the observation side of things. Medicine management's a big part of it, but actually in a lot of the care homes, it's not always the nurse who's given the medications and assisting people with that. So again, that's another kind of different way of doing that and actually helping supervise and train people to, to give medications, again, is maybe a slightly different take on it. Um, other things that were probably a bit of a surprise to students was actually getting involved in meal planning okay. um, and helping residents to, to taste and to try things, to look at the presentation, to look at the menu in terms of the, the kind of nutrients, looking at a menu for people who are vegetarian, doing all these different things, looking at the different textures, and kind of catering for everyone. Um, that I think sometimes is a surprise that it's something we can be involved in in the care home. Um, so all that I think is, is good fun. If people are looking for a resource, um, it's something that we use in our third year module, but there's an RCN care home resource and it explores lots of the different things that you might not initially think of if you're considering care home nursing. So even thinking about how we um, how we manage, how we support resident to resident relationships, whether that's friendships and the potential fallouts of those friendships, um, whether it is about kind of more physical relationships with residents. There's so much there that you can never be prepared for everything. Um, but it, it really is a, a bit of a community in its own right. And I think looking for opportunities to embrace that is, is really important. Um, you know, sometimes we'll speak about end of life care and you know the importance if someone wants it of having someone physically with them towards the end. And we've had residents who've been best of friends in the care home who have actually done some of that sitting with the person, holding their hand, providing them with a bit of comfort, um, where traditionally they might have been kind of told, oh, you know, they're not well, let's go and do something else. Um, actually embracing some of those opportunities as well and, and supporting the, the, the residents and the staff after someone dies as well. I think that's not something that you might think of as a, an opportunity for learning in the care home, but actually supporting people through their grief. I guess that's a bit of a unique thing that you wouldn't see in many other settings. And it's very normal for care home staff and, and some of the residents to actually be invited even to private funerals because they've been such a big part of the person's life. And, the family will often see the care home team as an extension of their family. So, uh, yeah, I think there's lots of bits there that are maybe maybe a bit of a surprise that you might not have expected me to say.
Yeah, absolutely, Jill. What a fantastic insight to care home nursing. And I think there's probably a lot of things that a lot of people wouldn't have thought of until they've heard what, what you've said on the podcast today. So thank you so much for sharing that. And you've definitely championed the flag for um, care home nursing in that question. Um, are there any specialist qualifications required to carry out this specialist role? So there's not a prerequisite other than being registered adult or sometimes mental health nurse. Um, so that's something that I don't know if everyone's aware of. So it's worth saying that, that both routes can have you working in a care home. And I guess, again, that helps us to understand some of the new nursing standards that we're working with and some of the different things that people will be getting signed off in their practice assessment document. Um, what I would say though is that there's lots of opportunities for care home nurses to do further study, um, particularly in and around advancing practice and leadership. So there are some care homes who have got advanced nurse practitioners as part of their staff team. There are also care home nurses who will go on to work as care home managers. So again, that's a different kind of step to the left or right or up, if you want to say it that way. Um, that are, you know, those opportunities do crop up. So I think it depends on what the person really wants out of a career in care homes. One of the things that often attracts people to work in care homes is the flexibility. Not all care homes work 12-hour shifts. Some of them have got nursing care for part of the day, so it might be more like eight to six hours. Some will have night shift, which works really well for others. Um, and one of the things that's a, a big bonus is that care homes are found locally to all of us or relatively locally to all of us so for folk who maybe don't want to drive an hour to get to work to do a 12-hour shift care homes can be a, a really great um, opportunity to kind of mitigate some of that and and be part of your own community fab thank you jill and can you tell us a wee bit about what your current role entails yeah, certainly. So I'm a lecturer in the School of Nursing, Midwifery and Paramedic Practice, and I've been part of the school since 2016. I have got teaching responsibility across pre and post reg. So um, this coming year, I've got the first year nursing module. I'm doing some standalone sessions for some other modules and then the third year nursing module. I've also got long-term conditions for postgrad at level nine and level 11. So that's one that people can do as a standalone module. They don't have to be part of a, a big programme to do that. We've got pharmacy students as well who also do that as a, as a postgraduate module. And I'm supporting people doing their dissertations both in their honours year and in their masters in their final year of that. So, all of the stuff that you'd expect around design and planning, delivery, marketing and, and supporting other staff along the way, I suppose. Um, whilst I've been at RGU, I'd finished off my, my own master's and did my PG cert um, around learning, teaching and assessment. So that's something that the, the staff who are working with you will be doing. And 
that allows us to become a fellow of the higher education academy congratulations so we're, we're we're usually all still learning and <laughs> um, whilst we're teaching as well i think that's the right way for it to be so oh, that we don't get too distant to what that experience is like to live um, i was also lead personal tutor for a few years so that's been a um, a real blessing to me it's one of the things that I enjoy most about the job is being a personal tutor seeing people come through the door on day one um, and then just the other week I had my personal tutor group finishing up and we're going to celebrate them at their graduation ball on Sunday night so um, I think it, it's probably the closest thing I've got to that real desire for relationship and to to know people well so i think that's probably not a huge surprise <laughs> um, to hear that that's one of my favorite bits of the job i'm also the lead for further education for our school so i work really closely with the colleges and i see students right through from level five level six doing their nc um, maybe people who are doing their SWAT programmes. So there's a Scottish Widening Access programme and that runs across the whole of Scotland. So it's people coming back into education who've been out of education for a number of years who are looking to get into nursing, but also now some of them allied health professions as well. Um, so this year we're running alongside NESCOL, we're working with them to deliver a SWAT programme for people coming in to do paramedic practice and midwifery, as well as things like OT and physio, etc. So that's an exciting development. We've got quite a number of students come to us via that route and start in stage one and, and have been hugely successful. So that is just superb um, to see them come through and really excel. I'm also really focused on our HNC students from partner colleges as well. So they'll do first year but at the college. So it's the, the same kind of content set out a wee bit differently, delivered a wee bit differently, but they still have placement. They've got minimum hours just as our own students would have and they're still working with the pads. So it's all kind of mapped together, but delivered slightly differently. And they would then join us in stage two. So I was meeting some of those students yesterday. They'll be starting with us next week. So um, just really helping them in that transition. So I see them right through from interview phase and on a fairly regular basis until they start in stage two with us. So really delighted to have them as, as part of the team as well. And again, have seen some of our HNC students go way above and beyond their own expectations, but um, they're, they're very well set up for the programme and well supported by the colleges. So um, I think it's great to have all those people coming in at different points in time in the courses and bring in different perspectives as well. The other work that I'm doing is around some research. So um, one of the more recent ones that I was involved in was funded through the Life Changes Trust and a kind of stream of projects which was called Rights Made Real in Care Homes. So this for me is one of, again, one of the most exciting things I get to do. So it kind of keeps me connected with care homes. And the project was looking at anticipated care planning in care homes and how 
how we go about that, what are the different ways that we can do that, what are the questions and, and phrases that are helpful for that. Um, and exploring that alongside staff and, and residents and relatives and the, the wider kind of care home team. So that has been great fun, actually, I would say. It's probably not words that you often hear associated with research, um, but it, it was really super and the team have continued to do an excellent job of that during COVID, which, um, again, kind of exceeded all my expectations um, given the, the pressure that they were under. So kind of from that, um, this last year, RGU and our school became the home of My Home Life Scotland, which is an international social movement. And I'm deputy director for that now. So their kind of strapline is that care homes, it's a world where care homes are a great place to live in, work in, visit and to die in. It is broader than care homes now, so there's lots of work going on across whole NHS trusts. We've also got colleagues in England, Wales, Northern Ireland, Germany and Australia. So some really exciting learning from that there as well. Um, and I guess it's maybe a little bit different than some of the research that students might be used to reading um, in articles. It's not just a research approach but it's a way of being so it falls under appreciative inquiry as the the lens that we look at it through and it's under the branch of action research so it's not just saying this is the problem it's a way of co-producing ways of working different resources and kind of testing out in practice so um, as the name suggests action research is less um, kind of just gathering information it's about really making a difference as you're doing the research which very much appeals to me um, and that's centered on the census framework which is the work of Mike Nolan and Caring Conversations which is the work of our visiting professor Belinda Dewar and again no surprises and um, I think the reason that it appeals to me so much and I've, I've seen it work is this kind of at the heart of it is relationship. So the focus of my home life is on relationship centred interactions. And for me, that is something that has lit me up in practice and in education. And it goes beyond person centred practice. I still believe that that's a, a very important way of working. But relationship centred interactions also gives weight to the experiences of, in this case, staff, students, family members, friends, whoever is part of the interaction, we, we explore that and we value that for everyone. So no one person is, is more important. And that's one of the things that I think is really exciting because just our being with someone can make a difference. Um, so the relationship centred interactions, I think, is something that I'm excited to explore more. So that's probably the most of what I'm doing. I'm sure I've forgotten something, but um, that's how I spend most of my time spinning lots of different plates, but actually really enjoying the variety of it as well, Chloe.
Thank you, Jill. Well, that sounds like a very busy role that you've got and a very exciting one as well. Um, and did you see yourself in the position you are now when you first started your nurse training? In all honesty, not at the start. I wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do. I was very, very clear that I wanted to do nursing, um, much to the horror of my guidance teacher. I think I was a bit bold, maybe, I don't know, <laughs> um, or just very clear. When I applied through UCAS, I applied for the honours degree at RGU and nothing else. I think they would have liked me to hedge my bets. So I was, I was very set on the course I wanted to do, but I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I didn't come in thinking, you know, I want to work in oncology or I want to work in intensive care or I want to work in a care home. I, I hadn't decided, I hadn't experienced enough of it to really know that. Um, but I had a placement in a care home and I have to say that I really didn't enjoy the placement at all. And there were days that I went home from it crying because I was also working in a care home at the same time and I knew that it could be so, so different. And the, the placement that I had, I, it just didn't align with my values, with my ways of working and, and with my previous experience. So from something that I didn't enjoy, it really, really fired me up to go and make a difference and to to go and be that change. Um, so I know that we'll often say to students, you know, just even if it's a placement you don't enjoy, it's not a long time, just go and make the most of it. Um, and I guess for me, that's partly why, because there's lots of places that could be doing with some fresh perspective who have got vacancies, we've got vacancies across the board and lots and lots of specialities and including in care homes. So, um, yeah, I think the part for me that really got my interest in around education, um, I'd done wee bits as a student. I'd facilitated some of the interprofessional learning, which I think we used to have, it was called interprofessional education at that time. We were doing those sessions out at the actually. Um, so I'd done wee bits as a student. But whilst I was working in the care homes, I had students come in for work experience. We had students or school kids come in to do Duke of Edinburgh to do some experience for that. We had social work students from RGU. We had modern apprentices with students coming from college with lots of different students and actually supporting them was something that I thoroughly enjoyed. And not just demonstrating things but really kind of helping them to understand some of the theory to understand some of the policy the legislation and then whatever responsibilities were as a service around that so it kind of got me more and more hooked in that i did some conference presentations about care homes as placement areas and some of the career sessions as well at rgu so i think I wasn't too sure about standing up in front of a lecture theatre full of people. Um, but after I'd done that, I thought, actually, this is something that I could do that I think I would really enjoy. And as it's kind of unravelled in the time that I've been in the role, I've had those opportunities to do some research. I've been part of committees who've organised care home conferences that were free of charge for care homes to 
to come to RGU and not to teach them what to do, but to support them, to, to value them, to say actually we're, we want to, to invest in you, we want to support you, we want to help you to continue to do what you're doing and to do it well. Um, so I've had lots of opportunities to to give back to care homes, to fly the flag for care homes, and today's another one of those. So thank you so much for, for that, Chloe. No problem. Thank you, Jill. It sounds like you came into nursing with an open mind. Um, so what would you say to your student nurse self now, having been on that journey that you have? Um, I think I would say to be brave and walk your own path. There was that wee bit, as I mentioned at the start, where people were heading off to different places to what they saw as really exciting areas to work in. And I'm really glad that I made my own mind up about what was exciting. <laughs> and for me, care homes are exciting. So I think that's something that if I'd had somebody able to say that to me at that point in time, I think that would have made a difference in just how confident I was about that decision. Um, and the other thing I, I think about along those lines is a quote from Theodore Roosevelt, and he said that comparison is the thief of joy. So don't go comparing yourself to everyone else. You do your absolute best that you can do. Go and work where you want to work in a role that you enjoy. Don't worry about what everyone else is doing. That's super advice. And is that the same advice that you would give to student nurses on how to be successful in their nursing journey? Yeah, probably just add to that to embrace the opportunities and um, even the ones that don't look so shiny on the surface, there's always something to learn um, and don't limit yourself to the expectations of others. You, you can do more than you ever thought possible. Just have a little bit of self-belief um, and most of all, be kind, be curious, ask questions, ask questions of yourself um, and most of all, just be yourself, be happy and and who you are um, you don't you don't have to be anyone else there's only one of you in the world so just be yourself embrace who you are and what lights you up and it'll make such a difference to how much you enjoy your course fantastic advice thank you Jill so thank you so much for joining me today Jill I hope you've enjoyed your time on the podcast before we finish up Michelle posed the following question for you in the last episode what do you miss most about practice? Probably something I've already mentioned, but the thing that I miss about being in the care home is just those spontaneous, surprising moments of fun and laughter and seeing staff and residents just light up and have a really good time with one another and it not being about what uniform you wear or whether you're a resident, but just being human beings, enjoying the moment. Fantastic reply. Thank you, Jill. So in the next episode, we'll be joined by Jennifer Elliott, Robert Gordon University lecturer and previous speciality within cardiology. So the power is now in your hands, Jill, to pose a question for the next guest speaker. What would you like to ask Jennifer? So for Jennifer, I'd like to know if she has a quote that she's drawn strength from in her career or a quote that captures how she goes about her work. 
What a super question. A very different uh, question that we've had on the podcast. Fantastic. So thank you for joining me today, Jill. I hope you've all enjoyed this episode of the podcast. If you enjoyed this, please leave a comment on my socials and follow me at Chloe Jack on her Mac. That's all for now, folks. Cheerio. Thank you.